Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Games without a win as the Addicts play out a ball draw with Lincoln City leaving just a two-point cushion above the drop zone. Welcome to Charlton Live. Oh, hello. Uh, wake up, everyone. Who was at that game yesterday? Welcome to Charlton Live. Uh, my name is Louis Mendes. I hope you're all well. Um, uh, on the, this week's show, we shall be looking back at that, that goal of the straw uh, with Lincoln City. I, I, I'm going to say it straight away. The highlights are the shortest highlights I think I've ever done on this show. About two minutes. Because uh, not a great deal happened. Um, uh, so uh, joining me to, to look back at that, a man who's... Uh, well, he was furnished with a, a plum loaf uh, in the director's box yesterday up at Lincoln. Lewis Cat, head in, Lou. Oh, living the dream, mate. I think living the <laughs> dream. Just about, just about woken up after that. After that yesterday, yeah. it was uh, yeah. wasn't good, was it? No, yeah, we had a good experience yesterday representing the club in the in the director's box, um, and, and that was probably the highlight of the entire day. Yeah, for me, I think it was. I think you know we didn't we come away with a point yesterday, and I came away with a plum loaf. So I think that's. Uh, <laughs> That's that's probably the highlight for me. But yeah, it was really obviously uh, you know being a, a lifelong Charlton fan, you know, regardless of what's going on at the moment, to be in that position to 
to go in go in the director's box and, and meet the other owners at, at Lincoln and tell them what the fan advisor role is about and, and things like that it was a it was a real honor for me being a childhood fan so yeah that from that side of it very good and and as always as is the theme most Saturdays the the 90 minutes from three o'clock was the worst part of the day yeah exactly and and to, to be honest I learned something yesterday because I never knew you got a goodie bag when you got to go into the director's box you come away with your plum loaf whatever that is and uh, and, and a box of tea so a special special day so uh, we will look back at that game uh, probably talk more about the plum loaf uh, than the football to be fair uh, we're going to hear from Ben Garner of course the addicts boss we're also going to talk about um, well Lewis, Lewis himself has, has played a big part in, in, in a good ticket initiative and, and sending the club roughly in the right direction then that got completely wiped out by some, some strange tweets which we'll come on to in a few moments time so we'll talk about that uh, we've got of course your reaction uh, to yesterday's game and the uh, the state of affairs with the club no away win all season no wins in eight league games uh, we're sitting two points above the relegation zone I do ask Ben Garner at what point does that become uh, a bit of a concern because we are a quarter of the way uh, through the season now so plenty of, uh, of things to be uh, talking about perhaps we'll have a quick look ahead to Tuesday's game uh, with Exeter as well so I mean on, on the football just before we hear um, the highlight <laughs> basically um, I mean, before I, Nathan's not on the show today, unfortunately, Lewis, but he did send in this message. But it's another point on the board. Yeah, that rolled people up correctly last week, and it'll roll people up again. It was um, sarcastic last week, but it is quite funny. I'm going to use it every time we get a draw from now on. So, yeah, the game, uh, we had that one chance, one shot on target um, from Miles Lieburn that may even have gone in. I don't think it did from what I've seen. I certainly haven't seen proof it did go in. It was very close after the keeper spilt it. Uh, they had a, one good chance where Jojo made an excellent save. Second half, uh, we had a header wide at the far post. They had a shot in added time that deflected wide. Uh, and the rest of it was pretty damn boring. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good, was it? And as, as you say, really, the, the only chance that for me was was memorable on our on our half was uh, was Miles in the first half, who I thought I thought played well. I thought he really. He really worked hard for the team. He, he he ran into all sorts of areas, and and for me, what impressed me the most about Mars was his, um, his his need to try and make something out of nothing. There were times when the ball was was maybe dead or or about to go out of play, but he never gave up on that. And we did win a few, you know, free kicks and set pieces from those from those bits of hard work from Miles and. Obviously, had his opportunity. I think it looked like from where we were sitting, it looked like it went over the line. Um, and I know the dugout after a couple of minutes all came running out and and sort of in, insisting that it did but I saw I did see a picture um shortly after half time online it looked like it was probably just about not over the line you know it like any part of the ball was touching the line you tend to it tends to not go ahead does it so um I think you know very unlucky there I think a couple couple more centimeters and, and it's a goal and potentially we probably come away with the three points because we didn't really other than other than Joe's brilliant save towards the end of the first half, <clears throat> didn't really feel like we were tested overly by Lincoln. I think your tweet yesterday summed it up perfectly about it was just two poor sides playing out a game of football, and that's how it felt. Um, it says a lot when the the second best chance of the game was there a dodgy back pass from their from their defender at the back end of the second half, which led to a corner. Apart from that, as you say, pretty you know pretty boring stalemate and a, and a true reflection of where both sides are in the league table at the moment. Yeah, I agree about Lincoln not posing us a threat. I thought they were absolutely atrocious going forward. I really thought they did not have anything, any decent crosses into the box. They were really, I don't know, haphazard in in their passing in midfield as well, which makes it a bit more frustrating that we didn't beat them. I'd argue we we edged it in terms of being a better side. Um, 
I don't think we were great. But let's hear the highlights. The commentators uh, on Charlton TV were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. And it's looking for the long ball forward. Stockley's made the run in, and Kirk is behind Stockley. It might run through, and he's calling for a handball, Stockley. Would have been a generous one, but the, um, the hands were certainly in the air. The referee may have judged that Stockley might have pushed him into it. But certainly the uh, Lincoln players' hands, I think it was uh, Jackson, were high in the air. To see that one comes into low onto the edge of the area, and it's uh, Sanders who picks it up, takes the shot. Good block by Stockley. Can Charlton break a corner into the path of Kirk? To his left is Rexacker. Can he make it there? The keeper comes out and spots it well. And Rushworth gets there before Rex. Dobson up towards Stockley. It's a nice turn from Stockley over the top, looking towards Lieburn. And Lieburn's got behind for Cholm. Lieburn, will he go for goal? He does. Rushworth saves yes. initially, puts oh. a hand on the line. I'll tell you what, that's close. And Cholm are asking for the goal. There's, oh, well, the referee's, the referee's down. gone down. And I don't think the goal's going to be given. It's impossible to tell. The, the assistant on that right-hand side was never in a position to be able to see it. But it would have been very, very yeah, close. Towards, towards the far post. In his free header, back across. He's come all the way towards Fraser, who controls it with his hand. But in his complete free header, and he just got too much on it. And he didn't head it goalwards. <laughs> the bit I, I, I can get what he was trying to do, head it back across goal, maybe for a, somebody else for a free header more, more uh, central, but he had a free header just head yeah, it goal. It's not. <laughs> throws it in. Ball comes down, it's a shot, it's a great save from Wallacott. What a save. Mandrew reacted, it's connected really well with his left foot. And Wallacott had to be alert, the first save he's had to make, but it's a very good one. Outstanding save. Wow, in the end, and... Rexaki will control, but can't counter-attack as there is the half-time whistle. After 45 minutes, there's Lincoln nil, Cholton nil. He'll jump, but it's headed away by Jackson. There's a slip of Dobson will intercept for Cholton. Drives forward, finds Rexaki on the right-hand side. Dobson goes on the overlap. Rexaki cuts back in, looks for a cross towards the far post. Kirk is there, but his header is wide. It's a chance for Cholton. It is a chance, and it's almost anybody but Stockton. Taylor can't get there, and it's headed across here, and it'll fall comfortably to House. And he made an absolute mess if he can't get there. Payne trying to get there. And that is the final whistle. It's ended all square here at the LNER Stadium. There we go. Cheers to Greg and Tell. Uh, I'm sure those uh, guys enjoyed their trip to Lincolnshire yesterday. Um, I, we changed formation. I'm going to start straight. So we changed to the 4-4-2. And, and overall, I thought that was a positive change. I think it had the, the best effect of any of the formation changes we've seen over the last few weeks. And, you know, as you said, Lee Byrne was a handful, just not enough. But I, I, I saw I saw something there that made me think, yeah, that that probably worked comparatively to what we've had at times this season. Yeah, I mean, it's been a shout that a few people have been putting across, myself included, where we've we've been in games um, and, we, and we've been struggling and, and we've made that change sort of, Around the you know either the halftime mark or the sixty minute mark where maybe Mars has come off the bench or or you know we've made a positional change and we've gone to the four four two and we've always looked a little bit more threatening. I did think in some instances yesterday we probably were the better side when you when you play it all out. But I do think in some elements of the four four two it nullified our wingers ever so slightly. I thought that um, that Jez Raksaki probably had his worst game for us yesterday. Um, and whether whether that's down to in a four he feels like he needs to. Filling a little bit more defensively with with Manny Egbo being such an attacking fullback and and hitting on the overlaps and sometimes not getting back in time, and the same on the other side with with Kirk and Sessegnon as well. Um, sometimes in the three, I think it 
having those three in midfield takes the pressure off the wingers to drop back a little bit maybe and and I don't know I felt like they struggled yesterday from from the wings and obviously the the creativity and the assists of Charlie Kurt this season have been documented and the performances of Jez as well and I don't think either of them yesterday really hit the heights that they'd want to um which obviously takes away a, a lot of you know creative power in our side and, and that's probably where we struggled to create yesterday um all in all, you know, at the moment it does feel like Garner's tinkering it with the system, and it feels like where he was sort of adamant on this four-three-three um, when he came into the club, um, and it hasn't really worked. Maybe he didn't get the players that he wanted to um, completely to fill the system. Obviously, he, he managed to sign some players early on, but we all know about the frustrations at the latter end of the market and the, the latter end of the transfer window. Um, so maybe there was there were some positions that we should have identified and should have filled and we didn't. So it feels like now he's maybe rolling the dice a little bit with the system because we're going into games in our usual four three three setup. It's not working, so we're changing it. Last weekend we did the five at the back, it didn't work, we changed it. This week we go four four two. It was probably slightly better, but it was nowhere near as creative as as maybe Garner would wish, especially given his statistics last season at Swindon with his, you know, chances created and stuff. So yeah, look, you know, I think when you look at it on paper, it, it's not a bad point because I think when we went there last season, we you know were absolutely roasted in a similar <laughs> similar time to to last season as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, for me, a point probably a fair result. I don't think either side created enough to win it, um, but I think I think we can be disappointed that we that we didn't come away with something given the chances that we did have with Miles. Um, you know, I think that that could have swayed it, but. For me, these are the sort of games we need to be winning. And now we're going into, you know, some back-to-back home games against some difficult opposition in Exeter and Portsmouth. And we're in a real sort of poor run at the moment. It's going to be very difficult to to get something out of these next two games. And, and for me, that that's a worry um, and how that reflects on the confidence of, of not just the team, but also on Ben Garner. Yeah, I mean, with, with two points about the relegation zone, I'll ask Ben when does it become a concern, but I'll ask you as well. Uh, we we were in the relegation zone this time last season and we survived, you know, quite comfortably. So I'm not sure it becomes a concern yet, but at some point it does, and at some point things materially change, and sometimes there's a trigger part of that. So at what point does that become a concern personally for Ben Garner? I think I think with Ben is is he'll be hoping he's given the time to to deliver the project that he wants to come in and do. You know, he's come out a few times and said it's going to take a couple of transfer windows to get to where he wants the squad to be um to play this system. So obviously he's had one window. Um so if if there was to be a, a bit of change, if there was to be any change in the managerial post after one window, then obviously that completely undermines his vision uh, and what he was brought here to do. Obviously football's a results-driven business and we don't want to be sucked into a battle at the wrong end of the table. And I think there's always a fear of being dragged into that when you're not picking up results. You know, some of the teams down there at the moment, I was looking at the table yesterday, the likes of MK Dons, Oxford, Wickham were all down there yesterday. You know, we find ourselves in 18th and two points above, but, you know, it's it's a tough division now. You know, there are teams that are picking up results that, that you maybe wouldn't expect. And some of the teams around us, struggling and we seem to be falling within that bracket at the moment and for me the the biggest concern is when I look at the fixtures and without being too much um, um, you know being too much of a cynic I I look at it and I think where are we going to pick up that next win you know there's two difficult home games coming up now as I say in in Pompey and Exeter Um, we've got some tough trips on the road with with Shrewsbury was a place we always tend to you know have a bit of a a difficulty Um, and then We've got the likes of Ipswich coming to the Valley, MK, which would be a big game considering where they are. 
you, I'm looking at these games. I'm thinking, well, how many points can we uh, can we pick up between now and the end of October? And obviously, October being that month last year where we made that managerial change, I think maybe a week more advanced. I think it was um, when when Nigel was let go. I think we're a point better off than we were at this stage under under Nigel last season, which obviously is a slight improvement. Yeah, it's a slight <laughs> improvement, but probably not not big enough of one. And I think the frustrations are there, obviously, among the fan base. Uh, and also, I think with Ben, you know, you do hear, it is what I think he's frustrated that we're not, I don't think, you know, he thinks where we are in the table is reflective of our performances, which in some instances I would argue, because I don't think we've been, our performance levels have been consistent enough throughout games. I think too often we've had a good 45 minutes, you know, whether that's the first or the second half, we haven't been good enough throughout the 90. And it, it's difficult for me. I am worried about it because you know how quickly you can get sucked into something like this. Um, and also how hard it is to get people on side when you are struggling. You know, we saw how much it turned under Nigel last season. We're, we're at a point better off at the moment, but, you know, these two back-to-back home games against difficult opposition, if they if they don't go right and they go sour, you know, a, a tough Valley crowd could be could could speak volumes. Um, I don't want to see any change. I think Garner deserves to be given some time and, and deliver the project he wants to. And I do feel like he's probably feels slightly let down in terms of what happened in the window. So it's a really difficult one to call. I mean, we've got to start winning games now. You know, we're not losing as many as we were, but the, you know, the draws are are becoming a bit of a running joke now. We need to try and turn something into a win. And maybe when we do, the confidence will lift and we can go on a little run. And, and then, you know, this start of the season becomes a distant memory. Yeah, well, hopefully that'll be the case. I, I, I will say, clean sheet, we've needed one desperately. Um, I, I don't think it's the most difficult clean sheet we'll keep this season because, as I said, I thought Lincoln were particularly poor. But um, it was, it, it is a clean sheet. And I don't remember, there was a couple of mistakes from Innes uh, and, and O'Connell at time. I think a couple of passing errors, nothing major. And, and we, we needed a game where we didn't make too many defensive errors and we got one. Yeah, it was it was good to see a vast improvement in the defence yesterday. Um, I thought Ryan Innes had a good game. I, I thought he looked a lot more controlled. There wasn't really any moments where I thought he was going to go into any lunging tackles. There was a little mazy run he made um, towards the, <laughs> towards the end of the uh, sorry towards the midway of the second half, where I thought if he takes a heavy touch, I'm seeing Wimbledon away all over again, <laughs> and I'm hoping that wasn't <laughs> going to be the case. And he didn't. You know, I thought that that yesterday um, the, the better performers within our team were sat within that back line. I think I thought Egbo had a good game again on the on the right hand side. Um I thought he dealt very well with with Jack Diamond, who's a, a very dangerous player for them. Um and then Ryan Innes and O'Connell looked a little a lot more composed. Uh, and obviously a clean sheet for Joe as well. And and I mentioned about the save he made in the first half. You know, that's a that's a point winning save for me. You know, it was it was a very, very good save and after a couple of weeks where maybe some of his performances have, have been called into question with a couple of mistakes at, at Bolton and um, and I think there was one at Fleetwood as well. Um, the, obviously, there was a few question marks over over some performances mm-hmm. there, and then the defence in front of him hasn't really helped over the last few weeks. I don't think he can be put to blame for that. But yeah, yes, yesterday a, a massive, massive improvement from the back four. And if if there's any positives to take from yesterday, for me that that's a very big one because of how bad it had been the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think that's a real credit to the work that they've they've obviously done on the training ground, and hopefully we can we can take that confidence into the next game. Yeah, that that positive, and of course that the plum loaf, which which uh, is is a what's in a plum loaf? Just plum and a loaf. 
think so. Yeah, I think it's just like a fruit bread with plums in it, like a fruit loaf. But I, I will, uh, I'll report back. I'll, I'll have a yeah. bit and I'll write, I'll write an article for the Charlton Live website on plum loaf. Well, I was gonna say I, I might have to make that one of my four takeaways on the SLP website because I'm struggling to come up with four at the moment. But right, let's hear. <coughs> excuse me, from Ben Garner, the Addicts boss, uh, came to speak to me uh, after yesterday's game, asking for his thoughts on the nil-nil draw uh, with Lincoln City. Uh, I thought. Defensively, we were very, very good um, and thoroughly deserved the clean sheet, which is a positive because we, we haven't had enough of what we would want from, from in terms of that. And um, I thought we controlled long periods of the game. I had to play like the home team, really. I thought they sat in, uh, they, you know, they sat in a mid, a low block, and they try and frustrate you in counter-attack. We dealt with the counter-attacks really well. We really restricted them. Jones only had the one save. Uh, we just would have been nice to create a little bit more and, 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 and get the goals, but... You know, we have opportunities. We have a free free v one breaking in the first half, which obviously doesn't go down as a shot or a chance, but it is. You know, a little slip pass and someone's clean through. Uh, we have penalty decisions that we don't get. I don't know if it went over the line or not, but um, again, we've had no rubber to green. We've had no no luck, but we need to uh, work, improve push to, to get three points hopefully Tuesday night yeah I was going to ask you about the, the Miles Lieber when have you had a chance to see it back yet then yeah Miles he's, uh, he's pulled down he's uh, he, he's pulled off the shoulder of the defender it, it's a rugby tackle he just pulls him to the ground I don't know if it was on the edge or just in uh, it's not a difficult decision uh, obviously they had to make a change with a referee coming off and fourth official going in um, which you know you don't want to happen and um yeah, we, we've had a lot of those seasons. The most blatant one was the, the handball. But I could see it from where I was. You know, the defender's gone up with Jaden, and he, he's got his arm above his head, and he handballs it. So how they don't see that one um, is disappointing. Um, but we've just got to keep working and developing ourselves so that we we don't have to rely on these decisions. Sometimes you have to you have to win games despite them. And what did Mars have to say about the shot that potentially went over the line as well? Did he have a view? No, the, the two lads that were warming up, um, Albie Morgan and Jack Payne, they came back straight away and said it was over the line from their view. Um, my, my issue was that obviously the ref pulled up, he got injured, nothing he could do, but the linesman's not kept up with play. He's, he's eight, ten yards from where he should be rather than being on the goal line. And if he's on the goal line, I think he can, he can make a decision. But the angle he was, it would have been a guess for him to make that decision. Eight games without a win now mm. and, and tellingly two points above the relegation zone. At what point does that become a concern? Uh, listen, we're still early in the season. We're early in the, in, in the process here. My concern is focusing on the team, improving performances uh, and looking to get that win as, as, as quickly as we can. And by no means have we been poor this season. And, and I don't think our league position is reflective of, of how we've played and, and what we've done in game. But that's where we are. Um, we have to roll up our sleeves. We have to take criticism, uh, as we had, have done a little bit today. Um, but the only way to turn that is is to uh, is to win games and prove people wrong. Yeah, do you understand the criticism? Because I guess I guess when you look at your XG stats, you probably feel like you're quite close. But at the same time, yeah. it's no good being close if you're not going to get over the line. Yeah, no. Listen, if if we're not good enough, I hold my hands up and say that that's not a performance today that deserved to be criticised. Um, players have put a fantastic effort in as a group. Defensively, worked really hard and we're really solid. Um, and, and we've had a go. We just where we haven't won games, we're lacking a little bit of. of of confidence in that final third that's all that was missing today so um, you know if we're not good enough if the application's not not right then uh, I hold my hands up as as per first half last week that deserved to be booed that performance today didn't deserve to be booed you changed the shape again tried the 4-4-2 again you've changed yeah. it a few times this season this felt like a change that probably worked in the first half in particular yeah I thought it worked throughout the game um as I say, they sat in and we, we, had to, we had to take the emphasis of the game. You know, we had to play like the home team, really, and try and force the tempo of the game and, and try and break down, you know, break down them sitting in the, in the defensive block. So uh, I thought the shape worked well. Um, some, some good stuff in there, some really good stuff. And like I say, without the ball, uh, the best we've been in weeks. 
So you came in speaking about a playing philosophy. Also, you changed formation a few times. Is that yeah. a change from the philosophy, or is that just trying to do it a slightly different way? No, it's just trying. To, yeah, it's just trying to find a system that suits um, the players that we've got. I think, like I say, we wanted to play a, a certain way in a certain system, um, and we we probably needed one or two more players to to really commit to that and do that. So we, we're trying to find a way that suits the the group that we've got and suits the players and plays to their strengths. Um, but we're not going away from from how we play. I, I thought we. Uh, we passed the ball well. We um, worked it through the pitch and into good areas, and uh, we just needed to create a little bit more and, and be a bit more um, positive in taking opportunities and taking shots at goal. One of the players who was left out in the last league game came off the bench today. I think you wanted a reaction from Corey Blackett Taylor. Did you get that today? Uh, no, unfortunately, no. I don't think I did. So, um, no, I was disappointed with that impact. And um, yeah, that's that's something we need to look at. Uh, we should speak about the, the clean sheet because it, is, mm. it has been a long time coming and yeah. I don't think you gave up many chances other than that great save from Jojo at the end of the first No, half. exactly. I thought it was a really good defence. To come away from home and, and restrict the home side to what we did is, is, is fantastic. You know, Jojo had one save where probably the only moment in the first half where we, we switched off from a long throw and it dropped. Uh, fantastic save and great concentration from Jojo because he's had very little to do today and then he's pulled out a great save. Um, and other than that, I, I don't remember him having an opportunity really. Uh, no Sam Lavelle in, in the squad today. Um, he came off last week. Is, is he OK? Was he just left out? Yeah, that was just uh, just a team decision. I thought Terrell did really well uh, midweek and deserved the opportunity to, to be with the squad today. Um, and that was yeah just a, a team decision. I'm going to move on to, to Exeter now. Mm. You, you, need, you know you need the results to, to match any, any uplifting performance. Of course. You know, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not silly. It's about results. And um, we're having a run where we're, you know, we, we could have won four out of the last eight, five out of the last eight easily and it just hasn't gone for us and um, uh, we can't be disappointed we can't get down about it we have to uh, we have to front up we have to now prepare for the next game uh, we'll be straight in tomorrow uh, players recovering that have played uh, players training that haven't and we turn our focus to, to Exeter and uh, we have to ignore the noise in, in this job and as players and, and my role as manager you know you have to block out the sort of surrounding noise and, and focus on what we can control and what we can affect um, and I think you win Tuesday night at this point becomes a lot better as well and potentially having Chucks available on the bench could be big as well because you probably needed an impact like he can bring off the bench yeah today. exactly and that's the issue I spoke about a recent fans forum about not playing two up front well, that's our two forwards on the pitch so um, when you want to make a change possibly you know at the end 15-20 to go and, and young Miles did great he really did and Jaden led the line well um, but it'd have been lovely to have a, a forward that can come on there for 15, 20 minutes and make an impact. So um, hopefully Chooks will, will train well next couple of days and, and we'll be able to include him on Tuesday night. Just finally, how, how have you found it? Obviously, the, the opening 12 games now, obviously mm. it probably hasn't gone results-wise in, in terms of how you want it. Have you yeah. found that the first couple of months is, is your Charlton tenure? Uh, frustrating would probably be the override now, but we had a, a really good start um, and we, we've had some, some, some disappointments and... Um, obviously at the end of the window we didn't get done what we what we wanted to do which I think had an impact um, short term and we've sort of rebounded from that if you like and um, we just need some wins it's as simple as that one win will will flood the group with confidence it really will um, and then we can get some momentum so uh, if we're playing poorly I'll always be honest and say it that is not a poor performance today it was a good away performance we just needed a little bit more in, in the in the attacking third um, and we come away and, and win that then it's a great result but Has it gone how, how you expected almost in terms of like the players that would come in and, and how you wanted to get your style into the side at the start of this season? No, I think uh, we got the, the playing style across very early and I was really happy with that I thought pre-season was excellent and so I thought we had a, a decent start to the season um, we picked up injuries which made it hard because we, we were down to bare bones for, for a period and 
Um, and we probably had to play a couple of players that aren't ready for League One football, being honest. But we're, we're in that position where we where we had to do that. So, um, no, I, I, we've made a lot of changes. I think we've made a lot of progress off the pitch as well. Um, but there's still a lot to, to change. That you know, this isn't. I said from day one, this isn't a quick fix. This is. Um, you know, it's open heart surgery a little bit at this at this football club. There's a lot that needs to change. There's a lot that needs to improve. I want to lead that process. I want to be here for a long time, um, and I hope I'm given the time and opportunity to do that because uh, I'm confident I can build success at this football club and uh, and get Charlton back where it should be. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, Pierce is there, Bowers with a header, and it's Charlie! Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Charlie have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time yes! to be here! Here on Wembley! Well, welcome back to Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday. I hope you guys uh, had a nice weekend, or if you're back at work on Monday, I hope it has started reasonably well. Uh, it's Louis Mendes and Lewis Cat looking back at yesterday's goalless draw up at Lincoln City, which uh, leaves us eight games without a win. Just heard there from the Addicts boss, Ben Garner. Um, he's trying to cling on to the positives. I mean, at full time, there were a handful of boos in the away ends. I, I think partly because of the performance, because it was only one shot on target. I've just been sent the uh, the XG. Uh, I know I know XG. Not everyone likes it, but I I always find it's a good indication. We we our XG for yesterday's game was 0.15, uh, and Lincoln's was 0.36. Uh, so I mean, it, on on that makes it sound like they battered us, but basically they they are two very low XGs. Uh, shows how little there was in that game, but we we, we didn't create enough. Um, ben saying he didn't think the performance deserved a boo. I'm, I can understand the booing because we're eight games without a win and we're two points above the relegation zone. And we, as I'm sure the fans were well aware of at full time yesterday, we got 0.15 xg. Oh, the famous xg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 0.15, obviously appalling, appalling stuff. I think we have what do we have one shot on target yesterday, which was which was Mars's effort. Um, Apart from that, I can't even think of another chance we had. There was a couple of chances off. I think even Ben was clutching at straws in his in his post match about a chance mm. that was like a deflected 
ball through where yeah, someone had, gets to the had, end of it yeah, it's a chance free, we had that three on one where I think it was Kirk trying to play it through but whoever it was got it completely wrong and the keeper came out when we should have made something of it but yeah and that Kirk header at the far post was half a chance that he should have done better with but yeah we, we just didn't create much uh, yesterday I mean it was the, the, what Ben said didn't exactly go down well on, on Twitter when I, when I put the story out about I mean you, you can understand him wanting to defend his side from and it's not saying much. What felt like a slightly better performance in like the first half against Oxford, but is he a bit, bit deflection, a bit of, a bit of just trying to keep morale up, maybe? Potentially, yeah. I think we saw it a few weeks ago as well after a disappointing performance where where he said that the blame should fall on him and not the players. And I think it took a few people. I think even even Terry, I think in the, in his interview with him at the end of the game, was like, "No, you you can't you can't wear all of that blame yourself." And he was like, I appreciate that. It felt like he was kind of taking taking the blame and and stuff for that to try and defend his players and, and take the attention away from them. But it's, I don't think it can all fall on his shoulders. Um, I don't think that we're, we're doing enough in games to try and win them. I mean, yes, I was looking at the stats that we had. I think we had six corners yesterday. Lincoln had 10. I think it highlights the fact that both teams only had, you know, a, a couple of shots to muster between them. How poor our set-piece delivery is. You know, these are areas where we've got players like Miles and Jaden and, and Ryan who are all, you know, tall physical players. If you get in six corners and we had a couple of free kicks in good positions as well and we're not mustering chances out of them, then that's something for me, that's something that has to be looked at because they are they're dangerous players. You know, if you're if you're in a if you're in a box and you're you're the oppo and you're trying to mark Miles Lieber and Jaden Stockley and Ryan Innes. I mean, it, it's a challenge. They're all they're all over six foot each, you know. And I don't I don't think we're using them to their their strengths because that for me is one of our key areas, and we yeah. don't use that. Our delivery is not good enough. Yeah, we had that. We had that one corner that went far post where Ryan Innes peeled away, and uh, two years ago that was our set post routine, and he would win the header. I'd say eight times out of ten. It doesn't feel like we play it to the far post enough um, at the moment. But he did it yesterday. And then he didn't head towards goal, and he should have. He headed back across. But yeah, certainly the, the two teams with the lowest xG from set pieces in the division um, going head to head yesterday. It was no surprise that nothing came from any of those corners. Um, I did enjoy the referee going off injured, uh, not because I'm a nasty man and I want referees to get injured, or that sometimes I do. Um, but it's just the fact that Robert Lewis uh, ran into um, in, into one of our players. I thought it might have been Scott Fraser, judging by what I saw him saying to the fourth official after, but then someone else said it might have been Raksaki, so it was, I didn't actually see it. Uh, but it's just funny that it's exactly the same referee that knocked himself out uh, running into Josh McGuinness at home against Doncaster about five years ago, Robert Lewis. So he must hate playing against us. Keeps running into our players and getting injured. Right, um, before we head into the tweets and emails and the fan comment, and we've got loads, uh, I want to talk about something you've achieved this week, first of all, Lewis, because I was well impressed uh, with the way that you, you managed to get the sand guards to um, lower ticket prices. So, I mean... Uh, do you want to give us a little indication first of all where we talk about that how how you managed to to do that yeah so we we obviously we know that the the ticketing pricing has been has been sort of a hot topic throughout throughout the season so far um and and for me it was a real it was something i really wanted to achieve when i got the role it was the first thing i wanted to look at because for, as as a charlton fan there's nothing nothing worse for me than seeing the valley empty i think i think you really feel it in that stadium when when it's not full and it's not rocking um uh, and for me uh, it's something i wanted to address and and obviously there's so much impact the fan advisor can have right you know we don't we don't have a huge say in what happens at the club all we can do is is feedback what the fans have to say and we know that the ticket prices has been a real 
um, a real burden for a lot of people this year, especially given the cost of living uh, crisis and everything that's going on with the world at the moment. So I did a bit of research against um, all the other clubs in League One um, and what they're what they're charging for tickets in in the like for like zonal system, if you like. So we obviously have zone zones one to three at the Valley. So I tried to translate that down into into the, a similar zoning system for all the other clubs in League One and what they're like for like ticketing pricing was and and by doing that i was able to to pull together some averages on on the ticketing um which went over to to thomas um that was reviewed and then um to sort of further the the argument if you like i i went out and looked at the average attendances of of teams with similar size grounds um because you know it's easy easy to say you know accrington stanley for example if they're their grounds sort of ninety percent full every week because it only holds fifteen hundred people, right, or whatever. With um, with the valley, if you're saying it's you know forty percent full or, or whatever, you want to compare it to grounds of similar size. So I looked at Portman Road, I looked at Pride Park, I looked at Oakwell, um, Stadium MK, and, and places like that where we had similar, um, you know, similar capacities. Um, so I looked at it across that, and obviously the the changes were made in line with that, and. I was really happy that that they agreed to it. You know, I, I know it's uh, it feels like a small fry with with everything else at the moment, but I wanted to do something that that gave something to the fans and, and something positive to to talk about. And, and I hope that you know, I know things aren't great at the moment, but I hope some fans have have taken some positivity away from that. And I hope that it's helped. You know, even if it's helped one family get to the valley and made it that little bit more affordable then then i've done something right so yeah i, yeah. I hope that i hope that's been well received by everybody and um well, just keeping my fingers crossed it has an impact yeah not everybody yeah, yeah. not quite everybody so i mean yeah congratulations and, and it will be interesting to see at the end of this um uh this year because I, I i i don't actually see legitimately how they can argue well let's put the prices back up because not that many people came in because obviously you have to take in the factors that we're not playing very well uh, I think the die has been cast a little bit for this season, so it was it was the right thing to do. <clears throat> Whether it will make a material difference, we don't know. We'll see. But then, if it doesn't, I think they'd be mad to put the prices back up. But that that's another thing. So, as I said, it wasn't wasn't entirely well received by everyone. Now, the controversial situation yesterday account uh, in the name of Joachim Sangard, uh, one of the sons of uh, of Thomas, who is not not involved in the club. Uh, but has uh, been very vocal on Twitter for a long time, uh, was saying, well, we'll see now if uh, if the price being a problem was all hot air from the fans uh, and also tweeting um, that they uh, don't think the, the crowds will go up. Now, since then, th- there's been a change in tact on this account. It started uh, deleting its tweets, blocking everyone who was slagging it off, which is exactly what you do if you're a, a, an account planted to... Uh, to try and cause issues for the owner rather than being a legitimate account, of course. Uh, and then this morning, the ownership have claimed that it's not uh, their son. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm sure you can read between the lines on that. I, I, if it wasn't their son, I mean, they've they certainly done their homework on pretending to be their son for, for months and months and liking the sort of things that no, no normal Chant fan would like. Um, and yeah, a bit concern, a bit concerning the way the messaging's been handled around that. I'd have to say because um, I, I don't believe it for one second. Um, it, was it disappointing to see the reaction to that 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 uh, message there from within the club? And we've seen it from Leo Rifkin now. It, it does suggest people in and around the ownership, although this time they're claiming it's not. Although, like we say, we don't know really. Um, they have a certain view of, of ticket pricing in the fans and, and it doesn't reflect very well on the ownership. 
no you know it's um it's difficult for me because obviously i've tried to i've relayed that i saw this yesterday i was obviously traveling up to lincoln with you um and we saw this um when we when we'd arrived in lincoln and we were having a coffee we, we saw these tweets and you know firsthand you were sat next to me how disappointed i was when i saw them because it's an, an initiative that i pushed the ticketing so to see something with the sand name in it um tearing, tearing it to shreds if you like was obviously disheartening for me because i put a lot of you know, this this role is voluntary. I don't get paid for it. And I put a lot of work and effort into trying to do something good. Um, so to see it poo-pooed by something with the with the owner's name against it was obviously upsetting for me. But I I, I asked about the, you know, how legitimate that was. And, and I was given a response and I've relayed that response. And obviously it's gone down like a, um, a bag of hot sick. So I, like I say, all I can do is, like I said to you, I'm just relaying what I'm told. You know, I don't, people calling me gullible or whatever. I'm just relaying what I'm told. People ask me to ask the question. I've asked it. I've put that out there. Uh, people aren't going to like it. I don't like it. I don't like the situation whatsoever. Of course I don't. I'm a Charlton yeah, fan, it, first it, and foremost. Yeah, and it's out there now. So by relaying it, it's out there now for people to make their minds up. So I, I do think it's important that we got that side of it, I guess. And I, I think it would have been better if they tweeted it through their own accounts if they want to deny that. I don't think they should use, use you personally to do that. But you, you asked the question, so they're giving you their answer. So, you know, it's out there now. And I think it's for fans to scrutinise the Sandguard response uh, rather than the Lewis Cat response, in, in my opinion. But there we go. Right. Um, we've got loads of tweets and emails, as you can expect. Uh, we want to talk about the game. We want to talk about uh, everything, really, uh, that, that people have sent in. Uh, bear in mind, that, as per always... Um, we, we probably won't get to, to everyone because there, there's quite a lot of, of messages. Uh, so thanks to everyone who has sent you messages uh, in. Uh, but let's uh, have a look at some of the tweets then. So Dan says, a shambolic team at the moment. It's even worse when uh, we as fans know that the owner uh, won't spend. Uh, Simon says, so worrying that this is our best 11. Uh, that was so bad. Colin says, the league position is a massive concern now. This is relegation form. However, on the plus side, a clean sheet and look much better defensively. Uh, did not have the trademark awful 45 minutes winning uh, starts with stopping the other team scoring. So maybe uh, signs of improvement. Yeah, that, that was the one thing I was thinking this morning. So, like, normally we have one good half, one bad half. I was trying to decide which one was the worst half maybe second half but it, there wasn't a great deal in it actually so maybe that is progress as well yeah i, I think for me <laughs> both both of us are pretty dire um I, I could i think to be honest i think from my side i thought the i think the first half for me was it was a little bit better because i think the chances yeah. but i don't know if you felt this but i felt like after the referee went down and we had that stoppage i felt like from that moment we stopped <laughs> we just stopped being um, stop being as good. I, I didn't know that a ref getting injured would affect our performance so much. It was yeah, it was really it, bizarre. It turns out he's the source of all our power. Maybe it's just the fact knowing that he's on the pitch, knowing that any minute one of us is going to take it, take him out, like we always do. Uh, that that gave us some inspiration. Maybe right. DCF uh, says, I think my apathy levels with this club are at an all time high. Another PR disaster uh, from ownership. Another mediocre performance on the pitch. Uh, I don't see things getting better anytime soon is league two uh, looming john says uh do we have an owner who has totally underestimated the requirements and funds to run a football club he's the most uh, he is most definitely holding the club back uh, with a lack of funds uh, for new players the players are just not good enough Stuart says i'm very uh, concerned uh, by the lack of creativity uh but we would put them chances away if they were but but would we put those chances away if they were created i'm dreading 
uh, Tuesday night. Stevie says, I feel sorry for the fans who went there today. Uh, the team looks tired on the pitch and obviously lacking in confidence. Mind you, uh, even Pep Guardiola uh, would struggle to get this team out of League One. Uh, well, there is a danger we are going out of League One as it stands, but <laughs> we'll see. Right, uh, Cole says, uh, I can't see a win no matter who we play. That surely speaks volumes. A silent Sandgard has lost interest. I think he made a lot of improvements to the club, uh, but not to the most important part of the team. Sell the club to someone uh, with bigger pockets. Andrew says, week after week, uh, you can look at the stats and see we dominate possession, but that doesn't mean anything uh, if all you do is pass backwards and sideways. We need to bring more intensity uh, into our play and start taking the game uh, to the opposition. Uh, Michael says, the players aren't good enough. They try and give it a go, but bottom line is they're all top League 2 players and average League 1. Uh, drawing games against sides that are awful. Uh, two weeks on the spin, we've had players miss one-on-ones. We're just so off it uh, in the final third. CJ says a relegation scrap is realistically the only thing that's going to keep me engaged this season. We've got more draws, <laughs> more draws than IKEA. Are we going to be in a relegation scrap? I, I've said last couple of weeks I don't think we will. I still don't think we will. But I mean, it's, at what point should I change my mind? I'd l- I'd like to think not. Um, but but you know the, the table speaks for itself at the moment. Still early on. What we twelve games in, so there's a long way to go. You know there is still some way to go this season. So. What we just over a quarter through through the season so far, two points above the drop zone is obviously concerning, but there's a lot of games to make up the ground. And you know, I I don't want us to accept this mid-table, you know, mediocrity like we did last season. Um, you know, we we know we made the change in October. Jacko had that positive bounce and it pulled us away from trouble very quickly. But then the the season fizzled out into nothingness and we finished what thirteenth, fourteenth. I'm not, I don't want that, but to show that last season we started, you know, worse than we did now. Um, by a point, albeit, um, but we, you know, we stayed up fairly comfortably in the season, fizzled out to, to nothing. I don't think a relegation fight is is on the cards, but I don't want to speak too soon because, you know, you got to, you got to get results in football, and, and at the moment, but, you know, like I said to you earlier, I, I don't know where the next win's coming from, um, but that's without being too negative. You know, I think I think we've got a good squad there. I don't, I don't think we we should be looking at a relegation dogfight, but I think anything can happen in this division. I don't expect MK to be down where they are at the moment either. Mm. Uh, right, Alan says, uh, where do you start? Uh, don't see the point of four four two with wingers if you're not going to get the ball to them uh, to get crosses in for the two guys up front. Uh, second half, we started to put the ball in from wide uh, with the fullbacks crossing, uh, but it dropped off once Kirk went off. Uh, the passing game was laughable. I'm worried uh, that Ben has tried four or more formations to try and get the best out of Jaden. I think he just needs to put his stamp on his beliefs and play how he wants to, which if it is 4-3-3, and then play the players uh, that suit that system. Uh, if it doesn't involve Jaden, it doesn't involve Jaden. The fought for 70 minutes against Colchester we played okay with a striker in the false nine position uh, we had plenty of the ball in the 4-3-3 I think we can agree this season's another write-off uh, so is Ben going to be our manager for the next couple of years with Sandgard still the owner uh, at least play the way he wants to play uh, uh, we saw at Sheffield Wednesday and the Plymouth game that it can work I think uh, we would suit a 4-4-2 diamond as well which Ben hasn't tried yet uh, if he does want to keep Jaden in the side with the wingers coming on uh, if we need to change things up great show as always uh, that's from Alan and one thing we haven't mentioned actually um so I've, the wingers yesterday, I, I agree. I thought Kirk was reasonably quiet. I thought Raksaki was reasonably quiet. And I thought Corey Blackett-Taylor when he came on. Jesus, I asked Ben, we heard there in the interview, if he got the reaction he wanted to see from him. Uh, no, <laughs> quite quite clearly, no. Yeah, and I I couldn't agree more with him. I thought um, I thought the game was, was crying out for a change out wide. I think, as I said early on, I don't think we threatened enough. Um, so when I saw Corey coming on, I thought maybe he was that injection of pace and, and creativity that we needed. I was hoping we saw a reaction given the 
um, that he was dropped last weekend. I thought he'd come in with a bit between his teeth and and try and create something. Um, and I was I was bitterly bitterly disappointed. As from what Ben said, it sounds like he was too. Um, and and for me, Corey at times is, is probably one of our most threatening players. Obviously, there are there are probably question marks over his end product and and his delivery. Um, we don't see enough of of the final ball, but you know the the build up play that he has and the speed and the skill that he has to beat his man is obviously a massive a massive trait for him but it's it's what he produces beyond that um i'm really really disappointed i didn't see him come in with the bit between his teeth and try and make a difference and uh and silence the critics if you like you know silence the critics and prove why he should be in that side for me i, I wouldn't i couldn't see him on the bench on on tuesday after that i mean to have that little impact for me was was uh, was really really poor when you, when you're trying to get your team you know push them over the line to see that i, I was i was very very disappointed yeah, he seemed he seemed way off it, which is uh, unusual for him. You know, I know he's not been the best last couple of weeks, but he, yeah, it didn't hit the ground running at all. Yeah, so right, John said uh, I've really no idea at the moment uh, what we're trying to achieve as a club. Uh, I've been going to game for twenty five years, and right now I'm the most uh, uninterested and disengaged I've ever been. It's not even about the results; it's what we're becoming as a club. People say he saved it, but realistically, it's dying in front of our eyes. Uh, there's so much wrong on and off the pitch. I don't believe the negative reports. Uh, all of them, because uh, some people have an agenda. But I do believe we're in a very bad place. As a fan, if you spend your money going to watch, uh, you want to have an understanding of where that goes. At the moment, nobody knows. We're poor in every aspect of how we operate. Uh, I've been told players' salaries, transfer options, etc., direct from those dealing with them. They have no care about these people uh, as players, uh, as humans, or people. Uh, the level of unprofessionalism is just madness, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. And I dread to think how certain members running the club are viewed during the uh, wider football world. I don't mind if we lose games. It appears there is an end goal or a process. Uh, but right now, I don't think there is. Uh, the quality of personnel we have now, uh, compared to even under Roland, is not comparable. Kale, Bayerns, uh, Goodmanson, Arebo, Taylor. We have declined in every aspect of the club. I don't think Ghana will get sacked. As first, they don't want to pay the cost to do this. But also, I really don't know what sort of credible manager would want to join us. I'm sure players will be sold in January I really think we are bang in a relegation battle I know people like Curbs, Minto and Brownie have a job to do on Charlton TV uh, but it must kill them seeing what's happening to this club we need change and fast I just don't think any of it happens that's from John and that's a, a particularly good uh, a message thanks for that John there's loads of uh, other tweets as well make sure you check our uh, our mentions on, on Twitter uh, Fred saying where do we start Sandgards are, are killing the club Robert says I'm really concerned we only have one shot yesterday uh, no way good enough Ben obviously defends his players publicly uh, trying to galvanise confidence, but somehow we need to get a win on Tuesday. Well done to the fans who made it up. Yeah, yeah, massive well done. Through the train strikes, I think it was just under 700, which is actually a pretty, pretty good number for us up north. Um, so yeah, and uh, made made some decent noise as well uh, yesterday. James said, uh, Garner lost me uh, yesterday, saying that the table doesn't reflect how we've played. The table doesn't lie. Uh, we're in awful form now, and it could be even worse with Exeter, Portsmouth, and Ipswich still to come this month. I don't know where we go from here. I don't think Sandgard has any idea. Uh, Lee says uh, Garner will claim we were solid away from home, but let's be frank, Lincoln looks as threatening going forward as we did. Uh, uh, one shot on target against them is not good enough. We're a poor side. And uh, all hell let loose says, has the relationship between Thomas Sangard and the majority of fans broken down? And if it has broken down, is this relationship repairable? Well, it's always hard to tell the majority of fans just based on social media because even though it doesn't feel like it in, in our little social media world, I'd suggest probably the majority of fans aren't really on social media so we don't know how everyone's feeling but um 
yeah, certainly they're, they're not always going to be vocal on social media, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel good right now, and and with good reason, especially after what's happened this morning, because that was just silly. Uh, right, let's hear from another fan, shall we? Martin uh, came up in the uh, in the car with us to yesterday's game. We didn't, we weren't able to go out and get fans bar from from other people because we literally went to the game, and then as soon as it was over and we'd done our interviews and that, we got in the car and went home. It was like, oh, we haven't done fans bar, but luckily our friend Martin, uh, not Sandgard, I should point out, came to the game with us. Uh, so we asked him for his opinion on the way home. Yeah, a little bit, a um, little bit frustrated actually coming away that, that we haven't actually won that. I thought we played pretty well overall. Um, first half, team looked like they were gelling well, really on the same page as each other. Um, but yeah, just I know that final third, we we didn't look. I don't know, maybe confident enough going there and, and putting, putting a chance away today, and we didn't really test their keeper enough to do that. Um, so that was that was a frustrating thing for me. I thought overall we, we played quite well there, and we, I did think we were the better side. And I, and I am a bit frustrated we haven't come away with three points. I, I didn't realise it's just just a one attempt at goal, but um, I do feel like um, Lee Byrne playing up front alongside Stockton today does does give us a much much better balance up front um, and maybe I feel feel like they between them if they can get a run of games together um, I think that could become a more beneficial partnership as, as it goes along um, Lee Burns very young and he's been a great 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 player for so far this season but I don't want to put loads of pressure on him as well at the same time but um, his work rate is, is class so yeah, hope, hopefully uh, between them, if they get a run of games together, we could see something uh, blossom there a bit more. So that is a worrying run of form at the moment, and the game's going to start coming thick and fast as well, and we've got to turn that around quite quickly. And for me, that that, that does lie with the uh, final third, you know. As, as I said, we need to start finding some, some more goals in the side as well. And um, we've got to turn that around quite quickly. I think we are solid enough defensively. Uh, we need a bit more, maybe a bit more bite and creativity in midfield. Um, but yeah, we, we need, desperately need to start turning that around. Yeah, it's been, around. been challenging for him. I think he's trying to implement his, his style of football. And you can see formations of that with, with the amount of possession we are having a lot of possession in games but that's not winning necessarily winning matches for us and that's the, that's the key difference especially in League 1 is to get the points on the board hopefully we can um, use that that level of possession as a building block to, to you know turn them draws into three points but we're not quite there yet and I'm hoping that that's something that needs to come along sooner rather than later really I feel like um, and I feel like we were we, we are a little bit short up front and that was an area that needed to be strengthened and it's not it's not quite been added to um, and again I kind of would like to see uh, you know a creative mid, midfielder but, but it's hard to, to to find them players and get them within the side sometimes so it's a, it's a difficult one because everyone's competing for the top players for League One, you know, but if you're serious about going up, there are positions I think you should be looking at, really. There we go, Flynn Diesel. Always good to hear from him uh, on the podcast. Thank you for 
answering our questions. Right, a um, couple of emails as well. Again, we've had loads of emails, so uh, bear in mind we might not get to all of them. Uh, Robert says, uh, I was pleased to see us clean a, uh, keep a clean sheet, but struggling to think of anything else to be positive about. Almost a third of the season gone. I think most supporters would take 13th place right now after last season. I feel like Tuesday will be a season-defining moment uh, when we will see the return of an EK. For me, it's the only difference between us fighting in, uh, fighting a relegation battle and being comfortable in mid-table. What are your opinions on the Jake Foster-Kasky situation? Seems to be getting the Ben Watson treatment for a team who's only won twice in the league. Uh, it seems weird not to use him. Um, was, would you be playing Jake Foster-Kasky, Lewis? I would, yeah, I would. I think I've said a few times on the show. I, I, I'm obviously a massive admirer of Jake. I think he's uh, on his uh, when he's when he's at his best and when he's fit and he's firing. I think he's probably the best midfielder in this division. We know that he has injury problems and he's had injury problems, um, but obviously at the moment he's you know he's training and and he's playing in these in these cup games and putting in decent performances as far as I'm you know as far as I can see anyway. Um, we know he can, he's a leader because he's worn the armband for us at times. Um, he's, he's obviously a very good midfielder, creative midfielder. He's a goal scorer um, and someone at this level who I think is, you know, abs- is, is very, very valued. And, and I'm, I'm surprised that we're not seeing him in there. Um, but, you know, who that's down to Ben, I suppose. If Ben's making the decision not to pick him, then then there must be some kind of reason behind it. It's a reason I don't, I, I can't for the life of me see what. Um, and at the moment when, when we're struggling the way we are and we're looking at trying to, you know, make some, make some changes and freshen it up. Why someone like Jake isn't being considered is beyond me, but that's, that's the manager's decision at the end of the day. I, I don't agree with it. I think Jake would, would bring something to this side. I think his, his delivery. We spoke. I spoke earlier about the the poor delivery. I think Jake is someone with very very good dead ball delivery, um, and someone that's creative and creates chances. So, I'm I'm surprised massively he's not being given a go. Um, I'd love to see that change, but whether that's the case, I, I don't know. But I think it, it's a total waste at the moment having him sat, you know, back at Sparrows Lane and, and not amongst at least amongst the match day eleven. Right, Jake says, another typical Charlton season ahead. Poor performance at Lincoln, even if Garner didn't think so. One shot on target all game. I really can't see where that next goal is coming from. Can't believe an attempt uh, to change the game was uh, to bring on McGrandles for Dobson. Yeah, Dobbo was limping, actually, at the end. I should, um, uh, Well, maybe about 10 minutes before, so maybe he was just to shore things up a bit. Dobbo and Fraser were the only really positives. Uh, not fair to be putting a lot of pressure on Lieburn. Uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor stanked the place out when he came on. Uh, think uh, we need uh, some clarity uh, from the top of the club also. Thomas going silent doesn't help anyone. Are we going for promotion or are we going to try and lose the least amount of money possible in League One forever? That's from, from Jake. Uh, yeah, I think I know the answer to that. Right, uh, Billy says, I love listening to the pod. It certainly makes the uh, commute slightly more enjoyable. Cheers, Billy. Uh, a bit of a better performance this week, but for a nil-nil draw, it still isn't going to do us much good. Uh, would be disappointed if the fans start to point the finger at Garner. I just feel sorry for him as he hasn't been given the resources he needed. Uh, starting to lose a bit of optimism with going the games feeling more like a chore each week. Someone needs a proper word with Sandgard to get his head straight. Maybe Chuck's coming in. Uh, will change something. Who knows? Keep up the good work. That's from Billy. Cheers, Billy. Yeah, I'm, I'm desperate to see a bit of Chuck's action on, on Tuesday. I've missed him. I've missed him too much, right? Mark uh, says, uh, I feel there's a complete lack of idea of how to properly run the club. The ownership is holding the club back. Uh, there'd been no proper investment into the team. Not getting a striker in uh, is costing us. I mean, that's exactly what Ben said yesterday. Well, not exactly, but he was saying, you know, he wanted to play two up top at other times this season. 
But Chuck's being unfit and therefore us having no one as backup meant he hasn't really been able to do it because we saw yesterday the two of them were knackered, but there was no changes to be made. Um, anyway, I feel the only way the club uh, goes forward is to get outside investors and back Garner or for the ownership uh, to sell the club. That's from Mark. Robert says, in an abject uh, performance, it was bang average. Uh, it was uh, poor on a few fronts, not least because I think Lincoln are a poor side and the way we played showed we aren't much better. A positive is a clean sheet. And as Garner said, we looked better defensively, uh, but that's the only positive I could find. A lack of creativity uh, was uh, frightening. Apart from the Plymouth game, I find we lack uh, intensity, uh, slow passing, uh, going through the motions and a lack of effort from players at stages. This lack of intensity really does affect our chances of winning this game. Lastly, uh, Garner's comment, this team is together and working for each other, is the biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard. The players constantly moan at each other uh, like children. There's a, clearly a lack of leaders and unity uh, in the squad. I would hope uh, we aren't bad enough to go down. Uh, I think we'll be in mid-table. However, I can't see where the next win is coming from. At the moment, the confidence uh, is shot. Top four budget, my backside. Keep up the good work on the pod. Uh, let's hope I can write a more positive email next time. That's Rob. Yeah, hopefully, Rob. Cheers, Rob. Right, Steve. Uh, hi, Louis. Thanks for keeping the light shining on the pod uh, during these dark times. If it's not for results or the league position that concerned me, though, it's the apathy. Uh, when we left the Valley, the fans reacted. When Roland tried to dismantle the club, the fans reacted. False promises, lack of financial commitment from the owner, the fans are being taken for granted it's clear Thomas Ben the players and the fans are at odds something needs to happen soon or before we know it we'll be in the National League or worse major uh, changes required Mike said should uh, two up front uh, continue thanks for the show always uh, love listening to Charlton Live although 60 minutes after a nil-nil was a tough gig for you yeah thankfully loads of people have sent in emails so I was thinking on the way home how are we going to fill this show but loads of people have got in contact thankfully uh, says I wonder what you made of the two up front with uh, Stockley and Lieber and did they complement each other is this the way forward for Tuesday night surely Sangard can see he's not got the football inside of things right uh, we are yet again under resourced in forward areas we just don't score enough goals uh, been said before but letting Washington and Davison go was fine but not replacing them was negligent uh, is the black recruitment box a myth uh, why do we always seem to be short of the right players to get us out of the division that's from Mike yeah continue with the two up top on Tuesday against Exeter uh, it's difficult really I mean I, I think for me I, I probably would but my concern as I said earlier in the show was was how we um, like how we make the wide players more effective because I think we, I think before we have, but yesterday for whatever reason we just didn't really look like, didn't really look like we were going to get anything out from from out wide, and obviously that's a that's a massive issue. So it, it's a difficult one. I mean, Exeter is going to be a tough game, and they got a great result um, up at up at Barnsley yesterday, which was somewhere that we that, that we went and struggled um, in terms of how they line up. I don't know. I think I think they play like a three at the back. Um, but they have the two strikers in in Stansfield and and one other. I can't remember his name. I think it's uh, Nombe, I think. Um, but those those two strikers, obviously, if we're going to line up like for like, maybe we would we would see a four four two. I definitely wouldn't want to see us go completely like for like and go into five at the back or the three at the back again um, because that was something that that really we really struggled with. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough test on um, on Tuesday night for me. I, I probably would just for the physicality stick with the four four two of having both Miles and Jaden. Um, up top for that for that aerial presence, um, but if we're going to do that, then the the contribution from from both wingers needs to be much better. Yeah, hopefully. Well, right, Alex said it was a terrible game yesterday. 
uh, we looked so devoid of ideas and creativity, which I thought was supposed to be Ghana's uh, unique selling point. Lots of possession, no intent though to do anything with the ball, uh, pass it across the back until we get bored and then lump it up to Stockley and Lieber and the midfield were bypassed. Dobson was good defending, but you could see uh, he was trying, Fraser trying to get involved and had some nice touches, but didn't really cause any danger because uh, the balls were being played uh, too long. Uh, when we did get it to Raksaki or Kirk, they ran into blind alleys and put in poor crosses. Lieber and tried hard, but his touch was really poor yesterday. Couldn't get the feet uh, and the ball to work together. Stockley really poor yesterday. People defended him because he doesn't really suit playing as a lone striker. Uh, yesterday he had a partner, and what did he do? Uh, Garner said the team didn't deserve to be booed. While I didn't boo, I can see why some other fans did. I live in Lincoln, uh, so as an addict fan, I didn't have the cost of the travel time that most fans had yesterday. Uh, and to travel up to watch one shot on target and a lack of attacking flair isn't good enough. Garner's subs were poor and too late to be effective. He needs to take a long look at his own performance before he criticises the fans. Keep doing what he'll uh, keep doing that. He'll be looking uh, to be going before long. I've backed him so far, but starting to think he's out of his depth. That's from Alex. Uh, says uh, sorry for the long email. <laughs> no worries, Alex. It's a, it's a good email, right? Steve uh, says hi, chaps. I really want to like Garner. I want him to be a success, but it's hard to keep faith with him after yesterday. One of the most boring games I've ever watched. Slow, ponderous, directionless. I can't remember one piece of skill or creativity. Yet Garner praises the team for being confident and great off the ball uh, with more waffle about box to box. I'm sorry, but it was dreadful. Huge uh, two games coming up now. Lose both as expected will be in the bottom four. Off the field is just as worrying. What are your rumours, uh, your thoughts on, on rumours of, of various diff- different bits and pieces on the owners uh, and uh, the owners' son slagging off fans? Yeah, we've, we've, we've discussed about the owners' son slagging off. There are a lot of rumours out there, which obviously sometimes it is quite hard to, to quantify. We know that we know there's budget cutting. We know that. We, we can see it. It's been spoken about. We know that. That's not a rumour of such. Obviously, the, the more specifics of that, uh, are quite, are sometimes quite hard to nail down but we know there's budget cutting and we know that's holding us back and we know it's going to see the club shrink so um, yeah that that is concerning uh, so he says this isn't normal uh, we have a club uh, again where, where when can we have a club where things are normal and enjoyable and then uh, Phil says how bad can it bet instead of posting a thanks for travelling fans how about turning up and playing a game of football that has forward passing and commitment all I see from fans is hard earned money being spent to travel and buy a ticket and watch bad football uh, with players who get free travel across the country and look like they just want to pick up a paycheck. So yes, thank you to Charlton for money badly spent uh, for a passion and commitment for the fans uh, to a team who don't show any back. Answering them questions, guys, that's from Phil. Yeah, well, how how bad can it get? Uh, we'll find out over the next few weeks, won't we? Uh, let's hope it won't get too bad. Right, but it might do. Right, <laughs> Exeter Tuesday, we've run over time, but I, I want to have a look ahead to it briefly. I mean, you mentioned that win they got at Barnsley. That's a remarkable result, and they've started life really well back in this uh, back in this division. First time in about five years, I think. Um, lost their manager, you know, when they were due to come to us before. Obviously, the game was postponed after uh, the, the sad news of the Queen's passing. Uh, it would have been a slightly different situation. I hope the fact that they'd lost their manager would sort of knock them off their stride a little bit. But they go up to Barnsley and do that, and I'm thinking, oh, this could be a tough one on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, they're a team that look full of confidence. Um, and as you say, when when Matt Taylor made the move to Rotherham, I thought, oh, maybe maybe the sort of honeymoon period of them back in the division is over, and the, and they're going to come into some to some difficulty. But they haven't done that. They've obviously reacted. Um, they're a win in the in the Papa John's midweek, and um, they got their got the win at Barnsley yesterday. You know, at Barnsley, a place where we really struggled, was uh, was very very impressive. And um, you know, they've got some very dangerous players. They look like a side that well organised. You know they're well followed. I think it is going to be it's going to be a very tough game. Um, 
and we're gonna have to be at our best. We're gonna have to be better than we have been, you know. Um, so it's yeah, it, for me, it's it's a toughie. You know, we're back under home draw, and I always say when we're at home, I, I feel like we should be going to these games, believing that we can win it. Um, but you know, Exeter, I think the Exeter of a few weeks ago even would have been um, would have been as as hard to beat. I just feel like they're growing in confidence week by week. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very very tough game. We're gonna have to be at our best. They've got a lot of um, a lot of dangerous outlets in that team that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep an eye on. Need a win, don't we? Like, there's no, there's no getting away from the fact that it's going to be absolutely toxic, even if we draw on on, on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, I think, um, like I said to you at the at the start of the show, with these two home games, you know, back to back under the under the lights, you know, we've seen some magical moments uh, on Tuesday evenings at the Valley under the lights. You know, we saw we always revert back to that Cardiff game under Chris Powell in the Championship when we were when we were struggling and, and we got that result. And um, you know, for me sometimes it can be a really uh, a terrifying place for opposition teams to come. And at the moment, it doesn't really feel like that. Um, and from a playing side, totally. You know, they need to play with more confidence when at home. You know, the fans are turning up and doing their bit. You know, we know the attendances aren't where we want them to be, but fans are turning up and they're making the noise and they're getting behind the team. That's all they can be asked of. You know, the fans are doing everything they can. The players have got to ride off their energy now and try and get something because I think if we struggle... Uh, if we struggle Tuesday, for me, I, I see the deja vu of last season when we had those Tuesday night games um, against Bolton and Accrington and we know how they ended up um, and, the, and the sort of toxic atmosphere that followed. I don't want to see that really under Ben. Nobody wants to see that. But, you know, football is football and, and it's a results business. And if we're not picking up results sooner rather than late, that, that atmosphere is going to become more and more toxic. So it's absolutely paramount. We're at our best Tuesday and we, we turn this run around. Right, well, hopefully we will. <laughs> right, uh, I think we've had enough uh, of uh, Charlton Live this week. Thanks for all your messages. Lo- loads of really, really good messages, and, and we're always really, really grateful when people get involved in the show. So thanks to to those of you who've done that. Um, thank you uh, to Lewis for joining me this week on a on a, a busy weekend for you. No problem, mate. See you Tuesday. Yeah, well, see you all on Tuesday as we look to try and get back to winning ways against Exeter City at the Valley. Fingers crossed that is what will happen because we desperately, desperately need it. Right, I'm Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again on Thursday when we look back at that game against Exeter uh, and ahead to the, I think it's the Portsmouth game after that, isn't it? So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. We'll see you then. But it's another point on the board. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.